Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Well we're continuing our series uh, Property Core Skills and we're moving through the gears so to speak through the actual skills themselves and uh, this week we've got uh, it's discussion week so we're having a panel discussion last week we, t- we sh- I shared some content around managing uh, properties portfolios and projects and um, we're going to go into a panel discussion today starting to talk about managing properties and then later on we'll pick up managing portfolios and maybe managing projects. I haven't actually had that panel discussion yet so it remains to be seen if we pull that one off but that's what we've got. So joining me on the show today we've got Kelly Statham who represents an award-winning estate and letting agency no less called Ask Property in Nottinghamshire. We've got Rich or Richard Parker um, who is a, uh, he calls himself an accidental um, portfolio, no, no, he, he's, a, he's a portfolio landlord. He wasn't an accidental portfolio landlord. He's a portfolio landlord, full-time in property these days, and also author of the book, uh, SAS Pension Legacy. And uh, so he's going to bring his wisdom to bear. And we've got probably an ever-present on the panel so far, Nana Piersi, who's joining us as well from Sweden. And um, it feels a little bit like question time with Nana because it's almost like, and we have a question from the audience and the audience happens to be Nana and he's going to ask the question. So we've got a really interesting mix um, of of people. It's a smaller group, but it's very, very interesting nonetheless. So I'm going to let them uh, or let us all have a conversation around managing uh, property and we'll come back uh, and wrap up shortly. We've got Kelly We've got Richard and we've got Nana. Now, Nana, I'm not sure if he's going to be talking an awful lot because <laughs> he has a little bit of background, uh, you know, disturbance. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But um, he's going to give me the thumbs up if he's okay to speak. So you might have just three of us conversing instead of four of us. But there we go. So um, what I thought we'd do just to kick things off, it'd be really great if we just go around the room, so to speak, and, and people would just give a quick introduction to themselves, a 30 to 60 second pitch, if you like. And uh, and just so people know where people are coming from and their background. And I guess, you know, we, we should do the honourable thing and say, ladies first. So, Kelly, would you like to uh, kick us off and say, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. That'd be great. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Richard. So I'm Kelly Statham. I'm a director of Ask Property in Nottinghamshire. Um, so it's a letting agent. We manage properties. Uh, we, we do the full estate agency service. Um, but we do specialise in house of multiple occupancy, so HMOs in the area. Um, we've been running the business since 2013, so it's grown immensely. Um, but prior to that, my background is actually policing, so I was a police officer for 12 years for Nottinghamshire Police. So we've got a, we cover the whole of Nottinghamshire. We've got a, a small team that's growing uh, of eight members of staff now so it's growing rapidly um and yeah we are ask property so that's that's us and you didn't say it and i know it's because you're very uh humble yep. and modest 
But, you know, I said it in the preamble, but aren't you an award-winning uh, estate and letting agency, I think, maybe? Yeah, so we're actually a double award-winning um, estate agency from 2020. We won um, the best estate agents in the East Midlands voted at the Esters. Um, that was voted by tenants and at the best best in, in the region as well. So, um, and and Nottinghamshire and we're also in um, the finals for the Esters of 2021 uh, for several I, I, I believe it's all it's all just a big blur but yes we are an award-winning estate agent double. Well, we're an illustrious company um, but it, it's good company because obviously you must be doing something right for tenants to uh, to nominate <laughs> you as the best estate agency letting agency rather um, and of course when you said you, you you don't exclusively look after houses of multiple occupation but you do have a lot of them and there's a bit more regulation, isn't there, involved with uh, HMOs, as they're called? Definitely. You need to be on your toes with HMOs. So welcome, Kelly. It's great to have you. Thank you. And so, uh, Richard, over to you. OK. So my name is Richard Parker. Um, I started as an accidental landlord, but uh, I've developed into a portfolio landlord. Uh, I'm full-time in property now. Um, so I've been doing that for a number of years and uh, I've got to say I, I really enjoy you know uh, the whole thing around uh, property um, started with standard buy to lets I've got some student HMOs I've got um, commercial property and recently I've just completed on uh, a block of apartments in Cornwall uh, which I've actually driven back from today so uh, it's been a very long day for me um, uh, my commercial property I actually bought with a SAS pension um, because that was something that uh, I, I educated myself on, got uh, really into, so that's, uh, that was a great deal. And as a result of educating myself, I actually wrote a book called SAS Pension Legacy, um, which is on Amazon. Um, and uh, I've got to say that the reviews are going really well, so I'm really pleased about that. Um, but part of the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm in this discussion, I think, is uh, in a formal life, I was an engineer for many years, uh, an automotive engineer. So I'd like to think I know a bit about managing projects and, and how to run them well and how to avoid the problems, which I've definitely carried over into, uh, into my property business. So uh, that's, that's, that's me. Yeah, brilliant. I'm glad you mentioned the book. I would have reminded you. Uh, I can see it behind you on the bookshelf, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's it, isn't it? Yeah, there it is. It's not that people are going to see it, but it's what's it called then? The SAS Pension Legacy. SAS Pension Legacy, that's right. On Amazon. Legacy. On Amazon. Um, very good. Excellent. No, no, it is a good book, actually. It's very niche, uh, but those people who've got pension funds locked up will find it really useful. And, of course, you've got the diverse experience of looking at residential and commercial uh, and obviously more, you know, substantial, you know, blocks now as well. So, so you can cross over onto the property and uh, portfolio management side, but we'll pick your brains quite a bit on the project side as well, Rich, with your... No, uh, that, that's fine, Richard. ...automotive background. And so um, I'm looking over in Nana's direction. I'm seeing for a thumbs up. I'm getting a thumbs up from Nana. So come on, quick, let's get you in while we've got a window of opportunity. <laughs> introduce yourself. Yeah, so uh, thank you for having me, Richard, again. Uh, so my name is Nana Piercy. I live in Sweden. Um, me and my fiance started our property journey 2019. And at the moment, we have uh, three rent-to-rent -rent, uh, HMO and uh, two uh, buy-to-lets that are in legals 
hopefully. Uh, yeah, and I'm learning. I'm learning. So I'm going to pick all of your brains out today. No, no, thanks. You, you're like almost an ever present on this uh, panel discussion series of ours. So um, it's good to have you here. And I think when we when we were doing the preamble conversation before the conversation, we talked about potential roles that each person might play. And so I think, Nana, you might ask questions more than answer questions kind of thing as we're, we're framing things. But you've just told us you've got some uh, some properties under management. So we will we will ask you how you're going about that. Um, I'm sure. And, and Kelly, obviously, as the uh, as the letting agent and estate agent representative will probably be able to help us quite a lot, I should imagine, on uh, managing properties, um, potentially uh, portfolios and rich, you know, managing properties and portfolios, but leaning more on the project side. So they're the sort of, that's the, the kind of roles that I imagined uh, we would play. But I guess, you know, let's just start from the beginning because, you know, a lot of people probably just buy their first property will be probably a buy to let, probably a single let. So um, I guess, you know, what are the things to look out for? What What's the best advice you could give um, when we're talking about your first property? It's a buy to let. It's a single let. There's probably not a project. It's probably not an HMO. What are the things to keep in mind, folks? Do you want me to go? Yeah, go for it. I should have said, Kelly, do you want to start us oh, off? No, I, I think when people are looking for their first property, whether they're accidental or um, whether they've been through property courses, um, I think it's very easy to get um, the first property across the line. So just keep in mind that actually it's a business and not get too involved in spending so much money and it doesn't work for you as a business. So money. Yeah, the money side of it, absolutely. Yeah, focus on the numbers. Um, make, do your sums. Make sure you've costed everything out. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people don't. Um, you know, they forget things like uh, voids and maintenance. And um, yeah, one of the thing, one of the key points actually, just before diving into the numbers, is there's probably a decision to be made, isn't there, about are you going to manage this property yourself, or are you going to ask somebody else to manage it, you know, manage it for you? So, as a first-time landlord. You know, anyone can join in, but what would you recommend? Would you recommend self-managing a property or would you recommend actually leaning on a, a letting agent, for example? I mean, for me, Richard, um, I, I guess I would say it depends on your experience. Uh, and, and just picking up on, you know, the point you was raising, the, the question you asked initially, a lot of people think, well, especially if they've got their own home, think, a buy-to-let, how, how it can't be that different. You know, it can't be much more complicated. I, I know what I'm doing. But what I would say to anyone is it's, it's really important to talk to someone who's got some experience of actually doing a buy-to-let property, whether they manage it themselves or whether they uh, use, a, use an agent to manage it for them. Um, it is a very, it's similar. I'm not saying it's, it's overly complex, but it is slightly different. Um, and don't think you're going to get all the answers just going on a training course with some of these companies that are out there. Um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of these people are out there selling all these courses. It doesn't necessarily give you all the answers. Um, for me, I think it's really important that you speak to someone that's got some experience and who, who will tell you, you know, these are the things that can go wrong. These are the things you want to, you know, to consider uh, and, and play close attention to before you just go off and do it. And having done that, 
then you know you get some idea about well okay with that knowledge now would i be able to manage this myself have i got the time you know many people when they first start out they're full-time employed you know they're managing a property as well it's you know you need to consider that and maybe initially you might want to start as uh, you, you use a letting agent i certainly did i started like that i was full-time employed i had a very senior role and uh, i just would not have had the time so i did let the properties through a managed agent but then gradually as i became more experienced i decided to bring them the house myself so we've got we've got um already a couple of things have come out one is um you know counting the pennies if you like doing the numbers of your of your property and then the other thing is you know the um the realities of managing the property yourself um and i'm going to just come back to that in a second because i think there's a bit more that you mentioned time in particular rich but i think um in in addition to time i'm looking at the the letting agent here are there any other sort of responsibilities or things that you know need to be mindful of when you're managing uh, somebody's home that you're renting to them yeah of course um Am I, am I, no, You're okay. We, we can hear you. Uh, right. Yeah, of course. There's obviously there's rules and regulations. There there is so much to um, renting a single let to a tenant. So obviously, you of course you've got all your credit checking, making sure that they're the right people, um, time and time again. And I think, and this could literally just ruin somebody's business. You have you've got people that are offering really good rents just to have your home. And and I think sometimes when it's not uh, when it when it's a landlord that self manages, they see cash and they don't look it. And and these people can be really um, uh, convincing. And then before you know it, you've obviously you've got a cannabis growing there. Obviously, you need all your insurances in place. Um, and you know um, you've got to think of tenants tenants' rights, your, your compliance for your electric search, your gas search, making sure that you know that they're, they're done routinely. You can't miss them because if anything is to go wrong, you you simply if you miss a gas search and then you want to evict, you you are going to struggle evicting. You've got your deposits that you need to protect. So there, there is so much. And then obviously towards the end of it, it's the eviction process. So if you don't do it right from the start, it's going to be really difficult at the end of it um, because tenants have got lots of rights these days and more so over landlords, unfortunately. So whether I agree with it or not is, you know, is. I'm sure we all don't agree with it, but they have got a lot of rights. And it's keeping up to date with the legislation, the right to rent, you know, everything's changing. Now we're coming out of the EU, all, all that is changing. We've, we've, we've got to check everybody, whether they're, you know, Romanian, Poland, everything changes all the time. So it's, if you want to be a self-managed landlord, and we were self-managing landlords, and um, no, actually, we had an agent, a really bad agent. This is why I'm here today doing what we do, believe it or not, um, because we we decided this is it. We're going to manage our own properties. And before we know it, we're an accidental estate agent, to be fair. So, um, yeah, my trail of thought's gone. I'm lost with it. But there is – I would always recommend um, – joining a governing body like NALA or, you know, RLA, because you've got your support there for them. It's just a phone call and they'll guide you in the right direction. So, and actually it's not just that. If you've got a property that 
you need to know your area. So if you're in selective licensing, you need to make sure you're complying with selective licensing. Um, any complaints from the council, you just need to be sure that you are fully protected and actually managing your property. It's not just a case of rent coming in every month and that's it, unfortunately. No, I mean, you made so many good points there. I mean, I, I don't actually know what this is at the moment. I mean, but talk about regulation, landlord regulation, for example. By the way, we've got a new term. We've got accidental letting agent as well as accidental landlord now. So I'm going to remember that one. So you, um, I think I'm an accidental letting agent as well. Think about <laughs> yeah. It. yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, anyway, so I digress. But then, so rules and regulations. Now, I don't, somebody, you know, you, dip, you keep, people sort of say, oh, there's between 70 and 120 or something to that effect, different rules and regulations. I don't actually know, Kelly, if you've got a handle on that that you get from one of your professional bodies. But I think just walking, you know, into your first buy to let and being confronted with whatever that number is, 70, 120, could be more, I don't know. Uh, but not just the number, but the constant changing and the breadth of those different rules and regulations mm -hmm. is a bit of a minefield, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Can be. Yeah. So what I tend to recommend um, when people are asking me is, you know, for your first property, I usually say either get a good letting agent um, because they're trained in, you know, everything that you need to know about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just touched on one thing about gas safety certificate, for example. Well, if you don't have a valid gas safety certificate and God forbid something happened at your property, you could literally, well, apart from injury or death, you know, resulting from that omission, you could find yourself in prison. Corporate so, manslaughter, yeah. Corporate manslaughter. So years in prison. The consequences of guy just missing that particular, you know, which many people think is just a tick box exercise, mm. um, you know, could be very, very severe from making a few hundred quid a month um, on rent or, or saving a few quid a month because you, you want to cut a couple of corners. So, um, so what I tend to say is if you don't, if you're not confident, and Rich, you say talk to an experienced landlord, but if you're not confident yourself and you don't have the time to invest in your own knowledge, then it's best to give it to a professional. Um, the alternative is, I, my own recommendation is to get accredited. Now, you can get accredited by one of the landlord bodies if you're, if you're a landlord. And I certainly wouldn't venture into, I, I wouldn't recommend, rather, venturing into managing uh, your first buy-to-let or any buy-to-lets if you haven't got the right sort of knowledge behind you. And getting accredited by one of the landlord bodies is probably one of the alternatives. So I don't know what you think about that. Any, any alternative views? No, I, I would absolutely agree with that, Richard. You know, as I said, I, I didn't have the time. Um, but even if you think you've got the time, and, and, and no disrespect to Kelly here, I, I, I assure you of that, but by using a good letting agent, you will learn from them. You mm -hmm. know, they will keep you safe in terms of legislation and things like that. You'll get to know how things operate, and you may run with them for a few years. And then you get another one and, you know, you'll get to a point where you might think, well, I'm going to start looking after this myself. But equally, you start to build momentum. And as you get more and more, then you start to think, actually, I want to give them all to an agent because this is getting, you know, quite a big job. And if you've worked with a good letting agent like Kelly's organisation, then you're probably going to come along and go, look, here's, I want to give you all my properties. And I'm sure, you know, if you had a sizable portfolio, you know, there's some negotiation to be done on the fees. Um, you know, that, that would be normal. Um, 
that that would be i think a kind of best practice approach to take it but yeah um when i started you know so i think i started this in 2004 and I, even then you know i decided to give it to a letting agent and there wasn't anything like the legis legislation that's around today so starting completely fresh with everything that you need to do these days, I would definitely go to a letting agent. But there's a lot of bad ones out there. Um, you might kiss a few frogs. Um, ideally, do your research. You know, go to the ones that have got awards, like Kelly's organisation, and uh, and they should keep you on the straight and narrow. And you should uh, learn from them definitely. Yeah. Yeah, just um, I think Nana's poised with a question for uh, for the more experienced amongst us. So uh, I'll cue I'll you in in a second, but I couldn't let that last comment go, really, Rich. is really good advice because you talk about if you are going to use a letting agent, then to vet them. Um, you know, there aren't many that are award winning, but mm -hmm. I guess by definition. Um, but I guess there are some key things that you should look out for with a letting agent and maybe Kelly, is there a couple of things you could think of that don't touch a letting agent unless these things uh, are in play? Have you got any ideas? Yeah, um, definitely. Um, there are agents out there that are just trying to undercut each other and um, cheap isn't always good. Sometimes cheap can bite you in the bum, most definitely. Anybody can set up a letting agent anybody at all there are no and this is quite scary actually you don't need at present qualifications to set up a letting agent but every single letting agent needs to be governed by oh my right so i'm gonna go behind me so they need to be governed with a redress scheme so which is prs or redress um they need to be ICO registered, which is data protection registered. Um, so they need the relevant insurances, um, money, anti-money laundering compliance. So there's so much compliance that they need. So you need to make sure that A, that they are compliant as a letting agent and speak to the councils as well. They may tell you um, what they think about that letting agent in particular. Do they have any problems with them? really look into anybody can do a review as well I can get 10 mates if I wanted to and say put some really good reviews on you know it it, it all looks good and don't always be offended by negative reviews as well so you know I think everybody uses social media now so if you see negative reviews from tenants you just know that they're doing a good job because they're at Actually, there's a disgruntled tenant that is not happy because they've not had the deposit back. Why have they not had the deposit back? Because there's an issue. So you, you kind of like can look and think, well, actually, that agent is not a, um, a naysay or, a, you know, is just going to bow down. So um, what else is there um, in relation to compliance? Client money protection. That's the one um, I was thinking. Yeah, client money yeah. protection and the, the money laundering um, CMP, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And the other yeah. thing is, is, am I right in thinking that you, you, they need to be a letting agent, letting agent needs to be a member of like one of the three uh, redress schemes? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Sorry. Um, but do they need to be a member of an industry body? In, in which industry? Like body? NALA, for example, do they need to be a member of NALA? Or can they operate without being a member of an industry body? They can operate without it, but we're registered with them. Um, Nala, it, well, yeah. it was our 
RLA, wasn't it? But NALA. Yeah. So because we, you, with legislation changing so quick, we like to know that actually if we're not too sure or we, we've got that professional advice at the end of it. So, mm. um, and solicitors as well. So we've got really good solicitors. So there was, um, we, there's a, a dispute with the council and councils are really hot on properties at the moment, especially in, in this area. So if they find one thing that's maybe not compliant, they're going for the £30,000 because it's money for councils at the moment. So um, so in relation to that, I disagreed with actually it is compliant and what you're saying is wrong. If I just let that go, my landlord over in uh, Switzerland could face a really hefty fine and we could face that really hefty fine too. So get an agent that will fight for you and ask them what would you do in the circumstances how how just ask them questions how would you do this when why what um but yeah and actually we paid for solicitors to fight our corner and the landlord's corner and it was yeah they were they were wrong very very wrong so but that could have been very costly for a landlord interesting piece of advice to speak to the local council i haven't really thought about that one before that's a good source of information and nala just before we, we use too many acronyms nana is what the national association of letting agents is it now or is that right national it's national residential letting agency yeah. isn't yeah. it and, oh, and landlords association sorry landlords association. no no there's two there's two which right is okay. the national the, the, the landlord association which is the nrla um, this, which is National and Regional Landlord Association, I believe. But then on the letting agent side, the industry body, NALA, is... <laughs> I think it's National, National Association. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they all change all the time, don't they? So it's National Associ Association... Letting agents, I think. Shall I Google it? Google you it can Google it. Then. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Always oh. cause problems. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll come back to the acronym. Don't worry, Kelly. I'm going to come back later. But I'm, I'm, Nana's waiting there with bated breath. And when you mentioned uh, an investor in Switzerland, think, mm. um, you know, you can tell you a little bit about where you are, Nana, and perhaps you've got a question. Yeah. So I'm based in Sweden. So mm -hmm. I think this this maybe is good, and we know that Richard is like a globe trotter; he's everywhere. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, what advice would you give to a remote landlord slash investor? Um, in 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 what way? Sorry. In any way, like what advice? What should they think about? Well, as, as, as a landlord living overseas you, yes. you can't really manage your property from overseas so yeah a get that good agent um, most definitely but have that relationship with the agent so if you feel as though you cannot have that relationship with the agent you would just get to know who's going to be managing your property so say for instance the landlord that was in in switzerland um i understood that i got the same email from the council that they got so i understood at that point it was over it was over the uh, easter weekends um that they're going to sit on that thinking well what have my agents done so instantly i i got them on whatsapp and they was like really appreciative so i sent them absolutely everything and i went around the property and i said look this is what it is because 
there's so many ways that you can communicate now. Um, it doesn't always have to be email. So are the agents comfortable using a mobile phone and WhatsApp? If not, why not? Because actually, if put yourself in a situation where you've got an email saying your property's not compliant and they're quite aggressive emails can be from the council um, and it's up to a up to a £30,000 fine or imprisonment because ultimately that's that is the end job you know it's whatever any non-compliance will could result in that I don't even know if it's said imprisonment anyway but how would you feel being overseas and not being able to go, oh my God, I'm, I, you know, I can't afford £30,000. So I put myself in that landlord's position and gone, right, okay, so this is what we've done today. Do you want to go through, walk through and just reassure? So look for the reassurance from them. Look for a point of contact. Ask them, how will they contact you? How you, will they send you reports? Um, they should be doing inventories. How often will they send them? So just because an agent has um, terms and conditions, there are things, if you wanted a three monthly inventory report on pictures, you can have that, it, it, it is your property. So ask for that if it's a peace of mind. And after, I don't know, say for a year, you're happy, you can pull away a little bit from that, but just don't ever pull away fully because as a landlord, you are, ultimately responsible just as much as the agent so never ever forget that because it is your property but the agent's also responsible if they're managing too so yeah just build those relationships i have landlords in chat they, they just whatsapp me two three o'clock in the morning and they know that i'll get back to them so with what, what can uh so is there any no-go for a for uh, for questions like that that we can ask as a remote investors, or any no go questions? No, yeah, it's... like you don't do like no, we don't do that or something. No, uh, I, I think some you'll you'll get different kind of agents. Um, I personally think family run business, family run agents are a little bit better because you get more of that personal service rather than the corporate computer says no. Um, and that, well, that's just my personal opinion, but I don't think there are any no-go questions. Just ask the question and it's, it's about a working relationship. It's a business for you. It's a business for them and it, sh it should ultimately work as a business and, you know, the property itself. So, mm. I don't think there so, are any no-go questions. Whether you, whether you like the answer or not is a it's a different matter. So I think what I, I would I, if I just jump in yeah. on that and, and say even uh, so, for example, I've got some student properties up in the north, um, and they're managed by an agent. But for all my properties, I have uh, a dashboard that I track all my properties with in terms of. When was the smoke uh, uh, smoke alarms last checked? When was the fire alarm last checked, etc.? So even though I'm having that um, remotely managed, uh, coming back to Kelly's point about us, you know, as a landlord being ultimately responsible, I still monitor when that was last done and when it's due. And sometimes the agent will come to me and go, "Oh, this is due," and I'll go, "Okay," and I hadn't chased them yet, and I'll look on my dashboard and go, "Oh, actually, yes." It's coming up, but they've, they've they've reminded me first. 
occasionally I will go to them and go, um, I've noticed, you know, this is going to expire in a few days and you haven't contacted me. When are you doing that? And it's like, oh, okay, no, um, yep, we seem to have missed that. We'll, we'll get on that. So, uh, again, don't just think you're going to give it to a letting agent and you can go, well, it's not my responsibility. I don't need to worry about it because that's not the case. Mm. I, I want to come back on that as well. Thanks, Rich, for that. You make a really good point, especially when we talk about now we're sort of moving into portfolio management to some extent. But you can do that on one property, um, but it gets more complex, obviously, the more you've got. And there's more moving parts, more things to record. Just to kind of come back to Nana's comment, I think if you're many miles or kilometers away, um, you, you need a safe pair of hands and uh, a trusted, you know, eyes and ears on your property for you. So if that's through your letting agent or through someone else, you need to have that. That would be the, the biggest thing, I would say, particularly if you're remote, uh, whether you're remote in the same country or, or if you're remote in another country, have your have you know a trusted safe pair of hands and eyes you know get your own eyes and ears on that property so i think what kelly was suggesting about perhaps having a you know um, a visit and an inspection every every period you know a lot of people were happy just to take a quick video or photo shoot and send it across to you you talk about whatsapp it's really easy uh, if you're in sweden as you are nana you know you just get a whatsapp from your letting agent every three months you know everything's tickety-boo you're going to feel more you know at ease um, with that. So I tend to agree with what Kelly was saying that if you go to someone who's got the more personal approach, you're more likely to get that. And, you know, um, sometimes there's charges involved for that kind of service, but it's also peace of mind. So that was uh, part one, if you like, which just um, hopefully we, we cue the uh, intersection of the panel discussion. We're, gonna, we're talking about managing a single property effectively today. And then we're going to talk about managing a portfolio more widely uh, next time out. So hopefully I managed to get the editing OK. And, that's, uh, and it's, uh, it looks fairly seamless. So I think just a quick recap, some of the main points. Um, First of all, you know, managing a property, a buy-to-let, your first buy-to-let may be uh, early stages, possibly. It's a business, okay? First and foremost, it's a business. So focus on, focus on the money side of things. Uh, do your checks and your balances and your due diligence. And the big question to ask yourself, really, is how are you going to manage your property? Are you going to manage it yourself or are you going to appoint a letting agent? And I think Rich was talking about uh, a couple of things, which is your level of uh, knowledge, experience, and time being you know, key considerations there. I think Kelly came in with uh, make sure you're on top of the rules, regulations, and compliance because there is a lot. And so this is really tipping the balance. If you don't have the, the knowledge and the experience and indeed the time to invest in, in, in understanding the rules and regulations, it's possibly better to give it to a letting agent rather than do it yourself. But if you are going to do it yourself, then at least, you know, look at um, if you're, you know, Kelly was talking about joining a gov governing body. That's obviously from a letting agent point of view. We talked about getting yourself accredited by uh, one of the landlord associations. Otherwise, if you're a landlord. So that's how you can stay on top of things. Rely on a letting agent who is with an industry body uh, and or, or, you know, get yourself accredited with one of the landlord bodies. And do your checks and your due diligence. Do, it's hard for me to say. Due diligence. I think Kelly was alluding to, she didn't make the point overly, uh, hopefully it came over, it's quite subtle. But she said there's people out there lurking in the shadows almost, offering above market rent, maybe cash up fronts, those sorts of things to take on people's properties. And they're really looking for the unsuspecting and the uneducated 
um, landlord out there who they can prey upon and perhaps, you know, turn the property into a cannabis farm or something, you know, worse perhaps. So just watch out for that. If something seems too good to be true, maybe it is. So that was that. So um, we talked about maybe using a letting agent particularly to begin with and then leveraging their knowledge and experience and learning from that as, as we go through it. We talked about vetting the agent themselves. Uh, There's quite a few things about, you know, checking that they're fully compliant. I quite like Kelly's suggestion of speaking to the local council, actually. I've never really thought about that, but a local council is going to hear if a letting agent's, uh, you know, on the wrong side of things, let's say that. And, uh, you know, look for reviews, but, you know, treat reviews with a pinch of salt, whether they're good or bad. Um, if you get bad reviews, it doesn't mean it's a bad agent. It just means that there's a disgruntled tenant, perhaps, and uh, equally... If everything looks glowing, then, mm, you know, you can go off, you know, there's been quite a lot of controversy about reviews in the public uh, domain these days with other platforms, and it can apply equally with, uh, with you know, uh, Google reviews and, and similar. And then we had a question coming in from, uh, from Nana, and that was all about, you know, looking at as, as, it, as if you're a, a remote landlord and talking about forming a good relationship with your agent and making sure that you always realise that you're ultimately responsible uh, for whatever happens, uh, which is going to lead us into really part two, I think. I kind of cut it off where we'd start to talk about managing the manager. So that'll be the start of part two. You're here, no doubt. But, um, you know, make sure we're ultimately responsible um, and uh, that we manage the manager is certainly something there. But equally, have your own eyes and ears on your property, whether that's independent or whether you just get, you know, um, video or a, or a sort of an inspection report sent across to you periodically as well. So there we go. So there's some tips in terms of managing your property, particularly if you're just starting out. Maybe it's a single let. And uh, hopefully that's been um, of use and interest to you. As I mentioned, next time we'll come back and we'll start broadening the conversation. We're talking about a more complex type of property to manage. We'll talk about portfolios that are under management as well. So make sure you come back next week, basically. In the meantime, of course, the uh, the show notes are going to be over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. If you'd like to talk to me about anything from today's show or perhaps have an introduction to one of the panellists, then you can email me, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net as well, and I'd be delighted to hear from you. But I guess all that remains to be said uh, again this week is thanks very much for listening, and until next time on the Property Voice podcast, is ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.